Hi, I'm Latoya Moore. And I'm Maya Dawson. And we're hosts for the new podcast called Becoming Becoming Eva. Join us as we discuss real life issues from relationships to business to health and wellness. All from a woman's perspective. Becoming Eva seeks to break the silence within the female community while fostering transparency, authenticity, and healing. Stay tuned and check us out at becomingevatoday.com for more details. See you soon. What's good? It's your boy, Stephen Malcolm, and you are listening to MTMV Sports. Let's get it. For quiet time with God, I want to talk about praying and waiting on the Lord. We must pray first. We always need to pray. Even when times are hard, even when things are not looking like we want them to, we have to make sure we pray. Because prayer is fellowship with God, is communicating with God, is having communion with God. He gives us revelation when we speak to him and when we talk to him. God wants us to talk to him every day. He wants us to pray. And prayer is, is just basically talking to God and asking for what we want and just listening to God. It's a conversation with God. When we talk to someone, we want to make sure that they're listening. So we have to listen to God. We have to be quiet and listen when we pray as well. We can't just ask for ask for things and just talk consistently and not actually hear what God is saying to us. And prayer does change things. We have to learn to pray every day and make that our top priority. When we pray, we have to make sure that, you know, we believe in what we pray for. In Mark 11 24, it says, therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. So God wants us to pray every day and make sure that we believe what we pray for. And Matthew 6 and 33, it says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So we must seek God first and make him a priority. So when we do ask for things, God will be gladly to give it to us so that is what i want to tell you for quiet time with god i just want to end with this stay brave stay bold and stay balling peace for mental health check-in i want to talk about positive confessions say positive things about yourself speak life and love and joy in your life so there are a few things i want to so good my little nephew wants to talk. He wants to say some things to you. He's only two. But he's always positive. And kids are so positive and so joyful. And they're always smiling and having a good time. And that's what we need to be as well. So here are a few things that I want to talk about. You know, just some confirmations um, that can really encourage you. So the first one is, I am whole. Second one is, I am redeemed. I am blessed. I am highly favored. I am more than a conqueror. I am strong. I am courageous. I am a warrior. I am victorious. I am a survivor. I am an overcomer of my past mistakes. I am loved. 
I am chosen. I am enough. I am more than enough. My nephew agrees with me. He was clapping in the background. So he's saying, he's confirming everything that I just said. And also, I just wanted to, you know, just leave y'all with some positive um, quotations that I saw in this book called Beast. Peace Be Still, a coloring book for rediscovering rest and serenity. Coloring has always been a very relaxing thing for me. Art is something that I love to do to to help me with my mental health. So I really love this coloring book. It just has so many uh, life quotations, something that's going to encourage you and be positive. Also has Bible scriptures in it. And then coloring is just very um, comforting for me. So here are the two quotations that I want to leave you with. Don't give up when dark things or dark times come. The more storms you face in life, the stronger you'll be. Hold on, your greater is coming. And that was by Germany Kent, author and broadcast journalist. The last one I want to leave you with is, you don't have to know what comes next. You only have to know that it is vital that you are here, that your breath must follow one another like storms and rainbows. And that was by Ariel Astoria. And that was from an Instagram post from September 27th, 2020. Now, if she can be positive during that time, you know, it's pandemic time. It was still, we weren't knowing what was going on. You know, we were still in the, in the thick of things. But she was positive. She kept the faith and she didn't give up. And she knew that, being here was just a blessing so that really encouraged me as well and i hope it encouraged you and helped you with your mental health with your mental health so i just want to leave it with this stay brave stay bold and stay balling peace what's up my ballers my name is keisha swafford and i'm the host of balling with keisha and i'm here with coach steven julian he's the owner of semi-pro women's team, the England Trailblazers. And I just really wanted to get to know him. And um, I'm just hearing a lot of good things from um, Helen Bohanna. Uh, she, I interviewed her last time. And so I just really wanted to get to know him and see what he's about. So the first question I want to ask you, I know you're from Trinidad and you were raised in Boston. How was that transition going from a whole different country? How was that for you? Um, it was tough in the beginning, um, but, you know, my mother and father did a great job of guiding me in the right direction. Um, and then, you know, my oldest brother helped me get into basketball and that's where it all started. Started at the age of 15, getting into basketball and ever since then I've loved it and just getting the aspect of, you know, playing, coaching and now in the owner's seat um, is a beautiful thing. Yes, that's a, those are all beautiful transitions just one level after another. Um, how did you feel about having, you know, that opportunity to coach your high school team? How did you feel, you know, just making that, that step? Um, it was, it was, it was fairly easy. I mean, it, it wasn't hard to, you know, you know, you got to think about it growing up, you know, you had a lot of the, you know, good players in your area um, and recruiting was fairly easy. Um, we was coming off of a state and city championship. Um, just the transition of that now and, you know, then jumping into the coach's seat came easy, um, per se. Um, and then, you know, at that point, basketball became exciting. But then, you know, as time grew, you know, 
to take some losses um, that helps you, you know, regroup, help you, you know, realize that you're human and you can't, you know, keep building the perfect team every time. Um, so it helps you, um, you know, know exactly what you need to um, look for in a player, um, look for when you're building a team, the process, transition and everything. That's great. That's awesome. I'm glad that you were able to just easily continue on doing what you love. Um, and I know that it, you had to go through um, women's basketball teams, you know, just coaching them. And how did you get started with the, the program with the Boston Bombers and then going into the New England, New England Trailblazers? Yeah, so even with the – so we was in the WBCBL with the uh, Bombers team. And, you know, the first year we did it, it um, – it was good. We played a lot of teams from New York, um, Maine, New Hampshire, but then the team started to, you know, slowly, you know, fade away. And we was the only team in the Northeast, so we didn't have anybody to play. And then it was like, you know, trying to, you know, just hold on to players and just not having a season and then trying to go to the, to the championship and or the playoffs just didn't make any sense. Um, so we, you know, canceled that team altogether. And then the opportunity came with the WABA with uh, Marshall reaching out in regards to, you know, getting teams in the area so we can be able to compete. Um, that transition for that has been, you know, beautiful. Even with, the, you know, with the Bombers team, we had to change the team name because literally the following year, that's when the, the marathon bombing happened. Um, and a lot of, you know, fans were kind of concerned about the names. So you have to change the name to the Bulldogs, um, even without us having a season. It was just, a, you know, the proper thing for us to do. Uh, we're making a lot of noise in the city again bringing back women's basketball the way it's supposed to be. Uh, we're undefeated. We actually have the most points ever scored in league history. Um, we have six players that are going overseas in a matter of a week or two. So, you know, for the first year, we have accomplished everything we wanted to. Yes, I saw that um, Shannon Ryan is going to Ireland. And um, I don't know, how, am I saying this right? You, Uleska? Yeah, we, we, Uleska call, we, call Yolo. we call it YOLO. So, yes. Yeah, YOLO. I saw YOLO. <laughs> but I'm like, I'm going to try to see if I can get that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they're going to Ireland and then Anna Kelly's going to Belgium and then Maggie yeah, Mulligan is going to Spain. Uh, Angelina that's going to the UK. Um, we have Lex, she's on the CV national team. So she'll be leaving for um, a couple of days, but she'll be here for the playoffs until she transitions to something else. Um, we have one of our players uh, sticks through it. Uh, she um, has a couple of offers of the table. So she'll be leaving soon as well. So, um, you know, the first year with the league starting later due to the pandemic, you know, we just wanted to make some noise. We weren't expecting to be in the position that we were in. Um, and we're still going to, you know, try to do what we need to do in the playoffs. But a lot of the teams are not losing the amount of players that we're losing. It was only two, you know, key players, but at the same time, we're losing six. Um, so it's going to be a tough transition to get players to replace them on that caliber level. We're working on it now to see how we can make out, you know, our strong push in the playoffs. I'm sure you can do it. Um, you were able to be undefeated during a pandemic. So I think you're doing pretty good so far. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so how do you feel, you know, about your players getting to that next level, signing with, you know, other, other teams, you know, how do you feel about that? I mean, this is what we're here to do. Um, it's a, it's a platform. Um, a lot of people, you know, again, everybody wants to win a championship. Everybody wants to, you know, turn it for the city. But at the end of the day, my main goal is to make some noise in the Celtics organization. Um, you know, Boston is considered the city of champions. We've had, you know, 10 championships through all our sports teams in the last 20 years. Uh, and we don't have a WNBA team. Our main goal is to show them, like, we have six players going overseas. Six players should be transitioning to the WNBA. They shouldn't have to go overseas. You know, their outlet should be for them to stay home and play in TD Garden and play for the city. Um, so, you know, uh, one of my 
former players and now a business partner uh, with the team. She works for the Celtics. So, you know, after they seen the first game, they started asking questions. People were inquiring about the team. So we're doing exactly what we were supposed to do within our first year. So hopefully that, you know, puts a buzz in somebody's ear for them to start a program and, you know, and do what they need to do. And we don't necessarily need to be a part of that, but at least knowing that we were kind of the reason behind them making that decision, we're all for it. Yes, I didn't. I didn't know that. Um, they didn't have a uh, Boston didn't have a WNBA team, but okay, yeah, that, yeah, we definitely need to make y'all definitely needs to make some noise so we they can actually you know make a team there because that's ridiculous. <laughs> Listen, about, I can't believe that. Um, playing for the um, she's on the Phoenix team with a uh, Tarasi uh, Shea Petty is um playing on that team and she's a Boston native, you know. But that's like a type of player like you know when she's done coaching the team or you know still being out there playing as well but you know it's just situations like that that you know unfortunately players have to go to other teams or other cities when they should be playing for their own city exactly yeah they def definitely need to go back be able to go back home and you know be able to play for their team I think that that's very important um how does it feel you know to really to say that you own a team how, how does that feel for you um the ownership seat feels amazing honestly um uh, I think it's the aspect of understanding that going from the player to a coach and then understanding the ins and outs of everything has been a beautiful transition. Um, just understanding the ins and outs. This is my first time actually having a full staff. Um, you know, previously it was myself and one of my uh, former directors that was with the Bulldogs um, and the Bombers team. And now it's like, you know, a whole staff, directors, team managers, the whole nine. And knowing that, you know, everybody has a basketball background. Um, so anytime we run in clinics, you know, one of them can step in and things like that. But the transition as a whole, it's a beautiful thing. It is stressful. You're stressed for at least, you know, four to five months um, of the season. And then you're, you know, taking little breaks in between to recruit and, you know, work on what you're doing for the following year. But, you know, adding my, my business partner cash um, has took a lot of that pressure off of me. Um, and you definitely need a strong. That's good. I'm glad that you're learning the the business side of, you know, basketball, because that's, something that a lot of people don't get the opportunity to do. So I think that's really important. Also networking and, you know, being able to just work with people that have the same business mindset. As exactly. You. So I think that's very rewarding. Um, I know that you also um, have, you're part of a board member of Urban Not Average. How, how did, what inspired you really to become a part of Urban Not Average? Um, so it actually sparked from the interview that I had with Helen. Um, the CEO, uh, president of um, Urban Not Average, seen the interview, um, love my energy, love the way that, you know, I supported women in a whole, like, like being in the power position. Um, so we had a Zoom meeting. Uh, we went out to New Orleans and had a board members meeting. Um, I love everything that they put on the table. Um, and it's, it's, it was beautiful to see, like, it's only two male board members and the rest are females, females of color. Um that uh have the same mindset they all like you never that's one thing to say about urban on average is you can't judge a book by its cover because even the person that you would you would see on a in on the street you're like oh okay yeah they probably look like they just you know have a regular nine to five and the understanding that they their hustlers mentality their their bosses and, and having their own business in their own city and at the main goal of everything we're just putting it on for student athletes 
and making sure that, you know, eventually when it, you know, when it comes to like housing situations, when it comes to trying to find agents in sports, when it comes to trying to learn the in and outs of business, when it comes to them wanting to be coaches, wanting to be owners themselves, that they have an outlet through us to make that happen. And um, so Andrea has been amazing with, you know, communicating with the board members and she herself every single day is having meetings to make Urban Not Average keep growing on different levels. Um, we're actually working on actually having like chapters um, within um, each uh, city uh, where people can grow even more um, and start expanding. Um, so she always has a great mindset, great opportunities um, to, for us to, you know, help uh, kids grow, help them succeed um, and not feel like, you know, the burden is all in their parents or they have to get all A's and B's in order to get into certain programs and certain schools um, just to succeed or sports being their only outlet, you know, to succeed in life. I think that's amazing. I'm glad that you're really being a part of this community of, you know, just helping the young kids and, you know, growing their, opening their minds up. And Helen really inspired me, you know, as far as the business side, like getting to know more of the business side. Um, and so we could, I can make a difference. And I know you're already making a difference right now in your community with um, the programs that you're doing. I saw that um, you do a young Blazers clinic. How did yes. that come out? How did that come to fruition? Um, so Cash, um, my business partner, uh, like I said, she works with the uh, Boston Celtics and she also helps out with this program, uh, Shooting Touch. Um, she's always been working with the Junior Celtics. So this is like second nature to her. Um, so it was a, you know, a great outlet for us to go out to the Kingsbury um, Club, which is in Medfield, the area out here, and reach out to those kids out there and have the parents, you know, learn about the players, the teams, the Medfield News actually came out, um, did an article on the team, which was really, you know, big for us. So any way we can give back, we're, you know, we're open to it. That's, that's great. Um, I'm so, so proud of you, you know, man, for just taking that initiative and really giving back to the community. Um, and that's, I think that's really awesome. Um, how do you, what do you feel is the most rewarding experience you as a member of Urban Not Average? Um, they take care of you. I will, I will say that much like, so Andrea, like as board members, you know, you're, you know, our main goal is just, we want to help as much as we can student athletes help each other out with events, fundraisers, anything we have going on in our own neighborhood, supporting, flying out, and Urban Nut Average is very, very big on that. Um, you know, finding out what each other's doing, what we have going on. If the person happens to be in your city at the time, you know, coming out to the event, just supporting. So Andrea flies out to everybody's events as much as she can. Um, and it's kind of dope to see that you actually have like a president who should just be sitting back, chilling, letting you do what you need to do. But she comes out, supports, and she networks herself. Um, you connect her with people and she figures out a way to keep you involved and for it to work in your favor. Um, the biggest thing for Urban Not Average with me is just seeing the smiles on these kids' face, even if they haven't physically met us in person, just knowing that we were able to point somebody in their direction to help their program out has been great. I'm sure they are really grateful for your just caring about them and wanting to help them. Um, what would you tell, you know, a young athlete like that who's really 
trying to get help, but, you know, to make their dreams come true, whether it's on the court or off the court, what would you tell them? Um, honestly, I would tell them to take advantage of um, the people around them. Take advantage of your mentors. Take advantage of the people that want to see you succeed. Um, if you're building haters, you're doing a great job. You know what I'm saying? If you're making noise, you're doing a great job because that means people are noticing. And sooner or later, the right person is going to notice. Um, it does, you know, suck sometimes when you're coming from certain cities that may not get recognition and you have to go pay for like an AAU program that's on the outskirts or one that's good just to get recognized. And, you know, sometimes you want to play for your city, but hey, maybe going to LA or another city is the outlet that you need. So it's just a combination of like different things like that. So honestly, it's just, you know, just telling them to strive and do what they need to do. Um, and just, you know, like, again, the people around you that's growing with you, the people that's um, want you to succeed, your coaches, you know, your, your principal, your teachers, your guidance counselors, you know, just taking the little bits of advice that they have um, and just, you know, take advantage of it, take it all in and utilize it. That's really great advice. <laughs> um, yeah, especially for young people right now, they do need mentors. I know a lot of people that do need um, guidance and help, you know, just to just to mold them and shape them into who they want to be when they get older. Um, and I have a couple more questions for you. Um, what, okay. Uh, what business advice would you give someone who aspires to own a team? Um, I would tell them to, if you are, a young individual um, to utilize this internship. You know, if it's part of a college course or something doing as an um, internship and, you know, shadow an owner, um, try to learn the ins and outs. Not all owners are perfect. So you can actually learn all the, you know, all the bad stuff that they're doing. So you could be like, yeah, I'm never doing that. You know, and then you can utilize it from other owners and be like, you know what, this sounds like a great game plan. We actually have three interns that are on with us now. And one of them is very like, goal oriented she knows what she wants to do some of them you know they're doing the internship just because you know there's a, a school requirement in a couple of hours is great cool um but for people that want to get into that is it doesn't hurt to ask i mean it's free to you know ask somebody like hey i want to learn how to be an owner you know just put in the time do what you have to do learn the ins and out understanding your first year you're either going to lose money or you're going to break even you know, it's one or the other. If you happen to make money, then you just have a successful year. But, and again, in the ownership seat, you know, first year program, building everything from scratch, not having sponsors, not having whatever, you know, understanding that it's okay to take an L in the first year and know how much money you had to spend, how much money you came out of pocket for, and then understanding, all right, cool, next year, let's go get these sponsors um, that's going to cover that so I don't lose that money again. So if the second year you happen to break even, you also had a good year. Your program does good. That's perfectly fine. It takes time for it to grow and understanding to being patient. Um, bringing on other owners too as well, because you cannot do it by yourself. I don't care who you are. Even if you have millions and millions of dollars, that just means that you're either people just coming onto your staff because they know you have money and you're paying and players, we you know, will come in, you know, get paid and then keep it moving. You know, our players, I've actually had a conversation with every 
player that's from overseas that I re-recruited. I had a personal conversation with them over Zoom before they came here. I let them know, like, hey, our first year, this is our game plan. You know, players are not getting paid uh, and the whole nine, and they were all on board. And again, these are women who are overseas getting paid tax-free money. So they don't have to come home and do it, but they just wanted to put on for their CD, have their parents and family come to the games and watch them live, and I have to watch them on a, a computer. Um, so that was just a great aspect of it. That's awesome. Um, I'm glad that, uh, you know, you're, you're teaching people how to be business people, um, and you have interns that are really willing to learn. Um, and I have one more question for you. Um, you know, just looking back at that kid from Trinidad, um, you know, what would you tell your younger self? Um, honestly, I wouldn't change anything. Like for me, it was the tough upbringing um, that got me to where I'm at. Um, and then also at the same time, the business connections I made over time um, for me being a people person. Like I've never been a shy kid. Um, so, you know, it was just me like, you know, just being that person that's outspoken. I could be in a room with anybody and, you know, be a gift for gab, do what I got to do and make things happen. So, you know, for my younger self, I wouldn't change anything. Just continue to strive and, you know, do what you got to do. And just grow. That's good. That's awesome. I'm so happy that, you know, you, you were just striving to do your best, you know, from a young age. So I'm happy for you, man. Um, I'm so proud of you and, you know, just part of your team. You're very successful. They're a successful team. And uh, I'm just happy that, you know, we are connecting and networking. Um, yes, um, I just wanted to know, like, for all the people that want to go on social media and follow you and your team, where can we find you? Uh, my Instagram is Coach Steve. Um, the last E is substituted with a three. So it's C-O-A-C-H-S-T-E-V number three. Um, or you can follow the team page, New England Trailblazers. Awesome. Uh, is there anything else you want to add before um, I end our conversation? No, I, I mean, I love what you're doing with your platform. Um, continue to do it. Um, I'm, I'm loving with the direction you're going in. Um, you know, interview more people as much as possible, get as much content as possible. Um, it's beautiful to see a, a sister um, putting on, you know what I'm saying, for herself and striving and um, taking the time. Yeah, you don't have to do this. You know what I'm saying? Taking the time to do this, to build your platform. And, you know, hopefully we see you on ESPN or something one day, you know. Hey, that's the plan. You know, <laughs> you know I, I just love what I do. I'm passionate about what I do, just talking to people in the industry, in the sports industry, and, you know, just promoting people is, and just we got to help each other, you know, lift each other up. Well, I will say one thing. There is a WABA team in New Orleans, so I would definitely reach out to Icy. Um, she's a great owner. Um, she's also a paramedic herself, so she's been actually helping a lot of people out with, you know, everything going on in uh, New Orleans. Um, but, I mean, like, that would be a great outlet for you to, like, you know, interview the players after the games and oh, things yeah. like that. Oh, so, yeah, you know, um, definitely um, I'll definitely uh, send you her social media page. I'll make this, uh, reach out to her and then y'all can work on something for next year where you could possibly, you know, be the person that interviews the players after the games and things like that and help, you know, build more content as well. That, that would be so incredible. I appreciate you. Thank you so much, Steven. Not a problem.
Um, I just want to end it with this. Uh, also, I just want to say, follow my uh, podcast, Ballin' with Keisha, and uh, my YouTube channel, Ballin' with Keisha as well. And I want to end it with this. Stay brave, stay bold, and stay ballin'. Peace. Are you a believer who enjoys Marvel or DC Comics? Do you just love a good superhero story? You do? Awesome. Then check out Waywater Entertainment's new digital comic, Legacy AD, now available on Amazon.com and the Amazon Kindle app. Get ready for a new superhero who loves and serves Jesus Christ. For more information, check out LegacyADCartoon.squarespace.com.